Parsha's Truma primarily discusses the Kalim and the structure itself of the Mishkan. There's an endless amount of symbolism behind everything to do with the Mishkan, and in this year we will touch upon some of the depth and beauty behind several of these Kalim. I am Sheoli Karsh, and this is Karsh on the Parsha. It is very interesting that the Parsha is called Truma. This Parsha talks about, starts the, the, the talking about the construction of the base amygdala, the Mishkan, and so it talks primarily about the different kalim that they had and the curtains that went, that there, there wasn't like an actual sturdy roof, it was curtains, a few curtains, Machlo was if it was three or four curtains. And then we have the walls of the actual Mishkan and the walls of the courtyard and those curtains and stuff like that. So it's just interesting that it's called Truma because in the beginning of the Parsha, Hashem just tells Moshe to collect the Trumos, the donations for the construction of the Beis Mikdash. And like everyone always talks about how the name of the parsha always has to do with the, with whatever the context is in the parsha. So I'm sure there's a lot of mafarshim that talk about why it's named Truma. But I just literally 15 minutes ago, I was just playing around with the letters, and you could unscramble Truma to mean Torah Mem, the Torah of the Mishkan. This is the beginning of the of talking about the Torah of the Mishkan. Torah is a Mishkan. Yeah, Torah is a Mishkan. My father actually went to Yeshiva called Mishkan Torah. There we go. How you doing? So <laughs> I was also thinking that if I would ever come out with a safer about like the Mishkan of the basic Mikdash, I would call it Karshei HaMishkan. <laughs> so we have a lot of connections between the Mishkan and Sukkah. Um, I just thought of, of a few, and I'm sure there are many more. But let's say, for example, we say, We refer to the Beis Mikdash. We're dominating at the Beis Mikdash gets rebuilt, and we're referring it to Sukkah's David. Um, another... David's booth. David's booth, yeah. <laughs> Is that there? <laughs> David's fallen booth. David's fallen booth. Sukkah's David Amazing. David's Fallen Booth. David's Fallen David's Booth. It sounds like it could be like a lounge. Carnival. <laughs> yeah, like a carnival, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, there are Mepharshim. I don't remember who brings this down, but they say that you should mark the your sukkah boards the same way that they marked the, the crushin, the... Thorms, Mizrach. Like, you, no, you should actually, like, mark... Like, every single... Let's say there were there were 20 crushin planks... On, on let's say the, on, the, on the south side and the north side and then a little bit less on the whatever but let's say altogether there were 50 planks so every single plank even though they looked exactly the same in the, in the Mishkan they looked exactly the same they were marked so every single time they rebuilt the Mishkan when they were traveling every single carriage was exactly in the spot it was the previous time it was always in the same, same exact spot so the, I, I believe it's the Tverus Yisrael that says like who cares why does that matter they all look exactly the same so he says that it's a did of Milan Makodesh or Imarid Makodesh because the, the planks that, there were planks that were, any planks closer to the Kodesh Kedushim had more Kedusha. So if you would move them farther away, it would be a din of that you're being morid from the Kedusha of those planks. So one of the before I bring down that when, you're, when you have your sukkah boards, like it's not just a, a cute, it's not just like a, a, a practical thing to just mark it. It's an Indian of because Doma Lamishkan. And then, no, it's not, even though it doesn't have Kedusha. More area. Yeah, right. No, nothing to do with Malin or Kodesh Merida. Just right. the idea of just like the Mishkan was was marked, right. and that's the whole thing. That's why Mechika. That's where that's erasing right. and right. comes from. If they made a mistake on the boards, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So the Vilna Gon also famously says this idea that why? Because the, the big question of why is Sukkot is cut right after 
uh, why is it in the winter instead of the summer? Why does it come right after Yom Kippur? So he explains that the construction of the Mishkan happened right after Yom Kippur. So you have that connection of building the sukkah and the construction of the Mishkan. Also, I was thinking that the schach of the sukkah, there's this idea that you're living in a temporary dwelling. And one of the ideas of having this temporary dwelling, living in it, is the idea of a muna bitachon, the sukkah replete with, before Hashem talk about how sukkah is, represents the idea of a muna. And so not having a sturdy roof, just having schach, represents the idea that I know Hashem is going to protect me. I don't have to have a sturdy roof. That's gogumago gag. is like, that's where Hirsch talks about the difference between gag and, and schach, sukkah. And so I was thinking a similar thing with the Mishkan. There was no sturdy roof for the Mishkan. It was, uh, it was curtains. So you have that similarity. And so then I wanted to, another thing I wanted to add to that was that the Gemara in Shabbos on Sadiq Testament Aleph says, so it's talking about the different, part, different parts of the Mishkan. One of the things it says is that because the, there were three, potentially four, it's Machlokas, curtains that were laid one on top of the other as the roof of the Mishkan. The, lower, the, the one that was the lower, lowest one was called Mishkan. And that one, the way it worked is that in the middle, it had these like clasps, these golden clasps or bands um, that connected the curtains together. So the Gemara in Shabbos says that when you were in the Mishkan and you looked up, it looked like the stars in the sky. So I thought that was very interesting because that also kind of gave me a, a, that like sukkah idea. Sort of seen the stars yeah, you can't have too much schach that you won't be able to see the stars. Mm-hmm. So there's also that connection between the sukkah and Mishkan. I'm sure there are many more, but those are just a few. Another idea comes from a Gemara actually right before on Sadi Chesim Abayz. The Gemara is talking again about the curtains of the that made the roof of the Mishkan. And so based on this machlokas, there's a discussion about whether or not there was extra material, like let's say the curtain was, it, it overhang, it overhung? I don't know, overhanged, I don't know. So you had like the curtain that would overhang on the side, and then according to one opinion, it would actually drag, a little, there was a little extra material that would actually like, look like it was dragging on the floor. So there's a ton of Devei Rabbi Shmuel that says, Lema Mishkan Dome, what was the Mishkan comparable to? To an isha shemahaleches b'shuk v'shipulah mahalchen acharei. It was like a woman that was going in the shuk and her shipulah. How would you translate shipulah? Mahalchen acharei, like her, like we're, I'm imagining like a poofy, like dress. The bottom, the bottom of the dress. Train. What do you call that? Train. Something like a train or something like that. <laughs> I don't know, all the official... Like the, the, wedding, uh, the long wedding dress. Yeah, so that's exactly why... That's what I was about to ask you. What do you... When you imagine like a... This... So it's fine. It could be that was a normal... You see like these old paintings that have these women that have like poofy yeah. skirts or whatever, like walking. But when we... So this could be like a 21st century shot. I don't know what their wedding dresses looked like 500 years ago or whatever. But the imagery I get when I think of, of this, even though it says a woman walking in the mar- marketplace with her dress, like, dragging after her, is a kala. And we know that according to the Ramban, that the Mishkan was a portable Harsinai. It was really bringing the experience of Harsinai with them in the desert. That's how he holds. Machlokas Rashi in the Ramban, Rashi says that it was a response to the Chet Eagle. So we build a Mishkan as a kapara, place for kapara, bath is, is to be machaber. Um, but the Rabban says, no, there was always going to be a Mishka. And it was supposed to just continue, bring the experience of Harsinai, continue with them. And we know that Harsinai 
was a marriage between Hashem and Kala Yisrael. Hashem was the chassan, we were the Kala, and the, the luchos were, was the wedding ring. And so it could be that the, based on the fact that it's like a portable arsenai, the, the mishkan looked like a Kala. Mm-hmm. So you bring that experience of, of the chuppah. I think, I'm not sure if it's Shir Hashem or Chazal talk about arsenai being the chuppah. Mm-hmm. Or chuppah. I get, oh, why? Oh, Harke Gigas? Because the, the heart was held on the fire, so it fell. So that's the chuppah. That's a pretty intense chuppah. <laughs> Here's the chuppah. If you don't accept the Torah, it's going to fall on you. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah, so there, that was that idea. I think it says Takas Chuppah. Uzi and Shira Shira, maybe. I don't know. So the Mizbeach, another one of the vessels in the, the Mishkan. So there was a ramp. It had a ramp. It was actually, it was a square. Machlokas Tanaim, how tall it was, how wide it was. But there was, and there was also a ramp to get up onto the, the top of the Mizbeach. So you have the ramp on the south side. And then on the north side, the, the, the Pasuk refers to the north side as the Yerech, as the thigh. So it talks about when you shecht an animal, it has to be on the Yerech on Mizbeach, on the Tzafon, on the north. So the Gemara in Zvachim is trying to figure out where exactly is the, where, where is the ramp? Where do you place the ramp? So we refer to the ramp as the, it says you should put it um, Pnei Hamizbeach. So the ramp, and Pnei is like the, the Rosh, so the, and the ramp is the way that you get onto the Mizbeach. That's like the Rosh, that's the beginning, that's the head. So the Gemara in Zvachim is saying, is telling us that the thigh is the north, and then the face is the, um, on the on the south? So it says, how do I know? How do I know that? Because if the thigh is on the north, so then if you the imagery of a person crouching over, so the face of that person, if the thigh is on the north, the face of that person is going to be in the south. So that's how we know that the ramp is on the south. So the imagery also that you get over here is that you have like a person almost like lying on the mizbeach. That's what I imagine, because like we're saying the face and the, the thigh. So also the idea of the mizbeach, that when you're shefting the animal, that animal is really supposed to be you. And you're saying, like, I really, I did an avera. I'm the one that was, should be you know, killed for doing this avera and, and go, being more bamalchas and going against your will, but this is in place of it. But just having that imagery of like the person being the one that's being shefted. Another fascinating Gemara in Zbachim, Nearby, the when they came back to build the second base of Mikdash, they didn't know there was no the Mizbah that had been there for the first base of Mikdash wasn't there. So the Gemara is trying to figure out how they knew. So it says, I understand that they knew where the, the, where the actual base of Mikdash structure was because they still had like the foundation. There were still remnants of the foundation of the base of Mikdash. From, from the first base of Mikdash, even though it was destroyed. But how did they know exactly where to put them as back? That's what the Gemara Zvachim wants to know. So the Gemara says, gives three answers. One answer is that they saw the ashes of Yitzchak. So they, okay, that's where the back is. Another answer is that when you were in the area of the base of Mikdash, so throughout the entire area of the base of Mikdash, you could smell the Ketores. But there was one spot where you could smell the limbs of the sacrifices that had been brought on the Mizbeach. So once they, uh, they did some, some smell checks, and they were able to get the exact boundaries of the Mizbeach. The third answer 
The Gemara says they saw, these are the words, Ra'ul Mizbeach Banui, they saw a built Mizbeach, Umichael Hasar Hagadol, the great Tsar, Malach, Omeid Umakrav Alav. He is standing and being Makrav on it. So when they saw a built base, what does that mean? So the Marsha, first of all, there's not a lot of Marsha, there's like two pages of Marsha on the entire Masechta. I don't know if that's, if they lost the rest of it or he didn't write on it, but either way, like there's not a lot of Marsha, but he says that what it means is that there's the, we know that there's everything that we have down here, there's a parallel version, spiritual version of it in Shemayim. So there's a, so what they saw was uh, Michal was bringing he was bringing sacrifices on the Mizbeach Lamala. That's all we have. That's what we see here. Now, now we get to our Ritzay in our Sidurim. So keep it open so you can follow along here because it just makes it easier if you just read along. But either way, we get to the Halacha. I mean, it's really more just getting to the Bracha of Ritzay. So the Mishabura says the following. So he says that the Tur writes in the Pasuk of uh, in, in the bracha of Ritzay, right, put together by Anshe Knezagdola. So actually, before maybe before we read that, actually, let's read it together. Let's translate Ritzay for a second. Ritzay Hashem alokinu ba'amcha Yisrael uvesfilasam. Be appeased, Hashem, with your nation, Israel, and with their tefilos. The Hashem esa avoda levir secha and restore the avoda to your base of Mikdash, ve'ishe Yisrael, and the fire offerings of Israel, of Israel. And, and their tefillah you should accept fine that's whatever then, then we have the rest of the bracha but the point is that there's a discussion about where exactly to put the punctuation where is the comma or the period where does it go so do you read it the hashed esa avoda the pause restore the avoda to the base of Mikdash and the fire offerings, right? Because that's the Mizbeach. That's the, the base of Mikdash. So bring that back, period. And the Tfilos of Klai Yisrael now, you should accept currently. Or there's actually another way to read it, which is that you put the comma before the Ishe Yisrael. And the way you read it is the Ishe Yisrael is Filasam, the Ava Tekava Baratzam. Yeah, now, what Ishe Yisrael? If you don't have a base of Mikdash, what does that mean? That there's accept the fire offerings of Israel right now. So, the, so what exactly does that mean? Says the Mishabrua. Um, this is in Sinim Kuf Chav uh, Kuf So he says that the Tur writes, Sha'anu Omer the Afapi, even though we don't have the Avoda, so he actually does read it, so he's answering the question of why, am I, why do I put the pause and then I say, there is no basic mixture. So he says, no, really what it means is we're, it's really tefillah that takes the place of, so you're saying, and tefillah, I mean, in the tefillah that takes the place of the karbanos, that you should accept ratzo. Then he says, there's a medrash, and this tosos and menachos and kuf yud, the last staff of menachos, brings this medrash. He says, yesh, there is, michal saragadol. Michal saragadol brings is mocker the nishamos of the tzaddikim on the mizbeach, shalmala, and then I love the ritzon olomar as if like this explains what that means. Ritzon olomar, shemagish osam l'ratzon, he brings them close as a way to appease Hashem and to be a reyach nichach. So just in case you didn't know exactly what it meant that he brought them, that clarifies it. V'yalzeh, tiknu v'yish Yisrael. So that's what it means when it says v'yish Yisrael, ritzon olomar, anche Yisrael. Yish doesn't mean fire, it means people, the men of Yisrael. 
So what it means is you're saying, Hashem, the, you know the Sadiqim that the Neshamas are being shattered right now by Michal and Shemayim? Please let that be Liratzon. And of course, also our Tfilos, let that be Liratzon. So amazing. And then a third shot is that that it really, you put the period, you put the punctuation, it really it means the Avoda and the Isha Yisrael bring back. And then the Tfilas, you should accept Liratzon. Says the Taz, Mishabur is not finished yet. The Taz says that that middle parish that I told you about Michal Saragadol is the Iker. He says, I'm sorry, who hamuchar mikulam. This is the Iker Pshat. This is the choices of all those Pshatim, which means that when you're saying or saying, you're having that Kavana of this idea that he's bringing. And just also just to end off really quickly, um, like what is it, what could it possibly mean when, yeah, what could it possibly mean when we say, what does that even mean? Like then Michal, he's bringing, he's shefting the Mashallah of the Tzadikim on the Mizbech Lamala. So it could be this idea that, um, it could be this idea that the Tzadikim, when Tzadikim die, first of all, it's a kapara for Kali Yisrael, but also we have the concept of Schus Avos, where even people that are no longer alive, their Schusim can still impact us. So it could be that that's really the, the idea, what it means that he's shefting them at the Mizbech is the idea of kapara, and we want a kapara, and we want their Schusim to help be a kapara for us, but it's just an amazing thing. The, the Gerard does say at the very end that the Iker shot is the last shot, I, I think, right? But the Taz says that that's, the, that's what you should be thinking to say to Yisrael. It's an unbelievable thing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for coming. It's-